Years ago, I heard someone say this, make much of the blood and the blood will make much of you. Too often people don't want to talk about the blood of Jesus. I even heard someone say years ago that, uh, oh, we got to take all the songs about the blood out of our songbooks and we can't be talking about how Jesus died on the cross and his blood was shed because it scares the kids. Oh, no, it doesn't. Because the Bible is very clear on the power of the blood of Jesus. So we've been talking about you can't lose with the weapons that we Use And so we are going to just jump right in tonight and we are going to talk about faith in the power, in the blood of Jesus. Amen. Amen. We're going to begin by just talking about how important or without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. Hebrews 9, 22. Thank you, Lord. Y'all in agreement for utterance tonight? Amen. And according to the law, Almost all things are purified with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. The shedding of blood has always been a part of the atoning of sins. In the old covenant, the children of Israel, they had to offer a sacrifice to atone for their sins. They had to go get the very best lamb. If Fluffy was the prettiest, the best little lamb, then Fluffy had to go. And it was just a temporary thing because the sacrifice and the shedding of animals' blood only covered sins. It didn't remit them. It didn't cleanse them. And if some of us probably would have been alive during that time where you had to, every time you missed it, you might be going along good for a while, but then you run into somebody and you start gossiping or you see somebody and this stuff rises up in your heart that, you know, I don't want to see them or whatever. You'd have to run back to the stockyard and get yourself a little a little animal to sacrifice because of the sin that you were had in your heart. Aren't you glad you don't have to do that today? I look around this room and I think about people like George. He'd probably had to go into the livestock business if he'd been alive, have to sacrifice so many animals. No, not really. <laughs> Anyhow, just wanted to see if he's awake over there. But I thank God that we don't have to do that anymore. And that we have the blood of Jesus that did not cover sins, but removed our sins, releases us from sins, cleanse us permanently forever. It's a finished work. And everybody in here ought to say, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus shed blood is eternal, everlasting, and forever. And when he shed his blood, he after he raised up from the dead, he presented his blood before the throne room of grace and that before the throne of the Father, and his precious blood forever cries out, Holy, holy is the Lamb. And it cries out, Forgiven, forgiven are those who believe on me. I like this translation of Hebrews 13. It's out of the Passion. Hebrews 13, verse 20. And let's just continue to just think about the power in the blood. Now may the God who brought us peace by raising from the dead 
our Lord Jesus Christ so that he would be the great shepherd of his flock and by the power of the blood of the eternal covenant. Let's stop right there for a minute. The blood of Jesus gave us the ability to have peace with God. Through the blood of Jesus, aren't you thankful? We have peace with God. We have the peace of God when we're born again. We have peace with God because we know that we are born again and we're washed in the blood of Jesus. Without his shedding, we wouldn't be having peace. You know, there's a lot of people that think that you have to work for your salvation. There are whole groups of people that believe there's only a certain number that are going to make it into heaven. And you've got to do all these works and all these rituals. Oh no, there's no peace in that. Can you imagine going to bed every night and wondering if I made the cut or not? If I'm going to be one of the chosen ones? No, the blood of Jesus, hallelujah, gives us peace that we're in right standing with God. And again, it says here, That blood is eternal covenant. We are in covenant with a covenant keeping God. Hallelujah. That ought to make you happy. It gives us that peace. It gives us that boldness to draw nigh to the throne room of grace. I'm thankful. That I don't have to feel like an unworthy worm. I don't have to feel like maybe if God's in a good mood today or not. Or maybe I can sneak in the back way. No. Hallelujah. Because of the blood. We can come boldly to the throne room of grace. And we can find help and mercy in the time of need. Praise the Lord. Now verse 21 out of the passion. May he work Perfection in every part of you, giving you all that you need to fulfill your destiny. Don't you love that? He's working in us because of the power of the new birth and the power of saving power of the blood of Jesus, the keeping power. He's working in us to fulfill our destiny. And may he express through you all that is excellent and pleasing to him through your, oh, I love this too, through your life union with Jesus, the anointed one who is to receive all glory forever. Amen. Let the church say amen. We have a covenant With our Father God. And we have this power and this ability through Him that He's working in us to bring about His will, His plan, and His purpose in our lives. And it's not a temporary union. It is a life union with Him. Eternal, forever. Glory be to God. We are hooked up with Him. We are one with him. If we will make much of the blood, the blood will make much of us. We will be strengthened by the power of of the blood. Complete and equipped, hallelujah, to fulfill our destiny. Anybody in for that? So this precious blood of Jesus that we're talking about today, it does speak 
to us. It speaks many things to us. It speaks that we're redeemed. We'll be talking about that a little bit. I'm going to be preaching next Sunday morning. If y'all weren't here, you didn't hear pastor's announcement today that he's having major surgery. (laughs) He's having two teeth pulled, but... It's major. It's major. Okay. Anyway, so <laughs> two teeth pulled. So actually I'll be doing Wednesday night and I'll be preaching Sunday morning. And we're going to continue along the lines of the precious blood of Jesus. And we'll talk more about our redemption on Sunday. But that's what the blood speaks to us. It speaks to us that we are redeemed. We're cleansed. We're righteous. We're forgiven. And you know, the blood also speaks to us. And we're going to center on this tonight. That we are protected. And that we have overcoming power. Don't you think it's appropriate in this climate to remind ourselves that we are under the blood, the precious blood. Under the blood, the cleansing blood. Under the blood, the protect blood. Hallelujah. We need to be reminding ourselves of that. We don't have to be fearful in this day and age. We don't have to be concerned about terrorist attacks and and the coronavirus and all of this stuff. We could be overcome with fear if we allowed ourselves to think and to meditate on these things. But we are not the overcome. We are the overcomers. Hallelujah. And that's what we want to get across tonight. Just reminding all of us. But let's start out. Let's talk about the protecting power in the blood of the Lamb. The first mention of blood bringing protection is going to be found over in Exodus chapter 12. Let me just give you the background there. This is when the children of Israel were still in bondage in Egypt. And God had raised up Moses to deliver his people. And of course, Pharaoh wasn't letting them go. His heart continued to get hardened. He'd say, okay, I'll let you go. And then he'd change his mind. And all sorts of plagues had come. There'd been the frogs and the flies, the locusts. There'd been uh, the blood. The river had turned to blood. There'd been extreme darkness, just horrible things. But his heart continued To be hardened until God was like, okay, there's going to be one last plague. And this is what's going to happen. Every firstborn of every household is going to die in the land of Egypt. Even down to their animals, to their cattle. Every firstborn is going to die. And so he gave the children of Israel the remedy to be protected. When that plague came through Egypt. And let's look and see what he told them to do. In Exodus chapter 12, verse 13. Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. We used to sing that old song. Did you ever sing that one, PT? When I see the blood... When I see the blood, I will pass. Oh, anyway, it's a good song. (laughs) I will pass over you and the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. So let's break this down a little bit. First of all, he's saying the blood is 
a token. It's a symbol. It's a sign. This blood over your doorpost is symbolic of the blood that's going to be shed by my precious son. In this blood of an animal that you're shedding now that brings protection. It's just, he was looking down the corridors of time. Because you know, God was not taken by surprise when man fell in the garden. He knew that Jesus was going to have to die to redeem and to buy man back. He knew that his blood was going to have to be shed. And that's why that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. And so this was just another example that when I see the blood over the doorpost of your house, this plague, this death will pass you by. So then he told him how to apply the blood. And that's found in verse 22 of Exodus 12. And you shall take a bunch of hyssop, dip it in the blood that is in the basin, strike the lintel and the two doorposts with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out of the door of his house until morning. For the Lord will pass through to strike the Egyptians. And when he sees the blood on the lintel and on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and not allow the destroyer to come into your houses to strike you. The blood was a sign, a sign to Israel that we are safe. The blood had its duty to do, but they also had their part to play. He gave them specific instructions. Apply the blood and stay in your house. Apply the blood and stay under your covering. There's protecting power in the blood of Jesus, but we need to be in our place. We need to be under the shadow of the most high God. We shouldn't be out messing around in the world and living the way we're not supposed to be living. There is a promise of protection, but it is contingent on us doing our part. We got to have faith in the power of the blood. And then we got to live right. Did you know that? We have to live a holy life. Wow. Some of you are like, really? You're going to say holiness in church? Yes, I'm going to say holy. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all unrighteousness. He makes us what we ought to be. But we have decisions. Are we going to walk according to the word of God? Are we going to live a life of godliness? A life of holiness? It doesn't mean that we're not ever going to miss it. Of course we're going to miss it. You probably missed it today because I know you know anyway. (laughs) It hasn't had anything to do with that. But it has to do with the cleansing and the keeping power of the blood. And us doing our best to walk 
in righteousness. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And if we do miss it, we have an advocate. Hallelujah. We confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But on the other hand, we don't just push as far as we can push and just habitually live out from under the covenant. Stay in your house. Stay in the place where the blood has been applied. They had their part to do. And it was a sign to them, the blood over the doorpost, that they were safe. But it was also a sign to the destroyer that said, you can't touch this house. You got to pass on over The blood has been applied with a hyssop branch. That's how they had to apply it. We apply the blood of Jesus with our words, Amen. with our mouth. We're going to see that. The blood still speaks. It speaks of the enemy's defeat. It speaks of his limitations and his boundaries. He doesn't set the boundaries in your life and how far he can go. You do with your faith and with the words of your mouth. We set the boundaries. We draw a bloodline around ourselves, around our families. And we put up a sign in the realm of the spirit that says no trespassing devil. That means you. I shared this story. I don't know if it was on a Wednesday night. Some of you have heard it, but we had a friend of ours. I used to pastor down in Southern California. And on a Sunday night, she got up and she was preaching on the blood of Jesus. And she said, I don't care if you live on a major fault line, if you will declare the blood of Jesus, your house and your family will be safe. Well, that happened to be on a Sunday night, real early in the morning. Monday morning is when that North Ridge earthquake took place. And their church was pretty close to that. And some people, members of their church lived close to the epicenter of that. And this lady woke up to her house shaking. And what she said was, I heard my pastor's voice saying, I don't care if you live on the fault line of a major earthquake. If you apply the blood, you and your family will be safe. And she just started saying, I plead the blood of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus over our house, over our property, over our family. And you know what? There was damage in her neighborhood all around her, but didn't even touch her house. Faith in the power of the blood. The attacks may come. And well, you know, that's, I shouldn't even say that. The attacks will come, but they don't have to prosper against us. We don't have to yield to fear about the enemy's going to do this and the enemy's going to do that. No, folks, we got something greater than his lies. We have the blood of Jesus. And it just as it was a token over the doorpost of their house. In the Bible, in Philippians chapter 1, verse 28, out of the Amplified, it explains that this blood is a token for us. Yeah. Do not... 
That sounds pretty direct, doesn't it? That doesn't say, you know, if you're in, if you feel like it, just, you know, don't allow you. No, do not for a moment be frightened or intimidated in anything by your opponents and your adversaries. Don't be frightened. Don't be intimidated. The devil tries to intimidate people and say, I'm going to do this to you. I'm going to do that to your family. I'm the big bad wolf. No, he's not the big bad wolf. He's, the Bible says he walks around about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. But just remember that Jesus pulled his teeth out. And nobody that I've ever heard of has been gummed to death by a lion with no teeth. Anyway, don't be intimidated in anything by your opponents and adversaries for such constancy and fearlessness. Ooh, I like that. Fearlessness will be a clear sign, a proof and a seal to them. Of their impending destruction. But a sure token. And an evidence. Of your deliverance. And salvation. And that from God. Woo. We have a clear sign. Of our protection. And our deliverance. It's the word. It's the name. You can't lose with the weapons we use. It's the blood. Faith. In the blood of Jesus. It's a proof and a sign to Satan that he has been defeated. The blood of Jesus is not like some little lucky coin or a rabbit's foot that we we carry around. No, the Bible says it's a token. It's a sign. It's evidence. Glory to God of God's promise. A protection for us. The blood of Jesus speaks. And it speaks many things. But it speaks boldly of our protection. The criteria for Israel to be safe. We already said it. They had to stay in their house. They had to apply the blood. Again, I exhort you, remain In the ark of safety. Don't go outside of the covenant. Don't flirt with the world. Be positioned for safety and for protection. Another wonderful illustration of a token of the blood and the evidence of what Jesus' blood was going to do for us is found in a story about Rahab the harlot. You know, sometimes when you read Hebrews chapter 11, or you read some of the accounts of people in the Bible, I'm always kind of like, really, did he have to say that she was Rahab the harlot? And all of these different things, you know, he gives a lot of people names. I mean, it just laid out there, everything they ever did, the adulterer, the murderer, and all of these things. You know why? I think he put that in there so we could see the power of redemption. 
It doesn't matter who you are, where you've been, or what you've done. The blood of Jesus, hallelujah, has the power to turn Rahab the harlot around and make her a helper and a redeemer to the spies. We're going to see that right now. So we know that she lived in Jericho. And Joshua had sent out spies to, you know, look at the city of Jericho, the great big walls. And it looked, it looked insurmountable. It looked like, you know, it was going to not happen. But of course, God gave them a plan. But because the people in Jericho, they've heard how the children of Israel are marching through the land and they are taking territory. So Rahab obviously had heard about the children of Israel. She got word that these spies were in town. And she she really it had it took faith. She told them, Come to my house, I'm gonna hide you. And when she hid them, she had faith in the covenant keeping God. She knew they were the children of God and they had a covenant with almighty God. And so she said, I will show you this kindness. I will hide you. I will do this for you. But I have a request in return. And I love this story of what she requested. Joshua chapter two, verse 12 and 13. Now, therefore, I beg you, swear to me by the Lord. She knew they belonged to the Lord. Swear to me by the Lord, since I have shown you kindness, that you also will show kindness to my father's house and give me a true token. We're talking about the blood. Before Jesus' blood was shed, all throughout the Old Testament, sign a token of the coming Redeemer's blood. And just that blood that we'll see here, that scarlet thread as a token, still contained enough power to keep them safe. In verse 13, And spare my father, my mother, my brothers, my sisters, and all they all that they have, and deliver our lives from death. It was no accident that she helped them. She had faith in the God of Israel that he was the true and the living God. And God honored her and her faith. We know she ended up in the hall of faith in Hebrews chapter 11. But she said, I'm going to ask you for a true token. You know what they said would be the token? Well, this is what we want you to do. She lived on the wall of that city. We want you to put a scarlet thread out your window and down that wall. What do you think that scarlet thread represented? The blood. The blood. Just like we read in Exodus. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. When we come to destroy Jericho. Can you imagine the sight that day? When the walls were falling everywhere. These huge gigantic walls. There was this little section of wall. With the scarlet thread down it. That stood firm and fast. And everybody in there was safe. 
And I like her tenacity. She did not just ask for her own self to be saved. Her faith not only saved her, but her family. Any relative, and they gave her specific instructions. If they're in your house, if they're in your bloodline, and they stay in your house, they'll be saved. And so she took that word and she rounded them up. One translation of that word says she went and got her kindred, families, plural. She didn't just go get mom and dad and brother and sister and grandma and grandpa. Man, can you imagine how crowded they must have been in there? She went and got all her kindred that would believe her and have that same faith to come into that place of protection. They were saved. Hallelujah. It it indicates extended family members from Rahab were saved. Just think about that. That means that our prayers will extend out to family members, not just our immediate family. I know people have wills and they have, they can choose which way they're going to go. But I believe that the faith that we have in the power of the blood of Jesus is stronger than any wrong mistakes that they may make. And when we have faith in that blood, just like she went and got all her kindred. We can reach out to Uncle Joe and great niece so and so. And we can even reach out to weird cousin Willard, if we, you know, whatever. Just reach out with your faith and grab these people and gift them under the blood. Under the blood. It's not about us and how wonderful our prayers can be. It's about how much faith. Do we have in the redeeming and restoring and reconciling power of the blood of Jesus? If Rahab could under the old covenant, how much more? How much more? The Bible says we have a better covenant. It wouldn't be a better covenant if it worked for her to bring protection to her family. And it won't work for us. That's not a better covenant. But thank God we do have a better covenant. Established upon better promises. Oh, thank God for the power in the blood of Jesus. It reaches to the highest mountain and it flows to the lowest valley. There is no pit. There is no place that they can go that will hide them from the blood of Jesus. It flows, glory be to God, and it reaches and it redeems. Thank you, Lord, for household salvation. Thank you, Lord, for bringing our families in. Every single one of them. Not a one. Not a one shall be lost. If she could, we could. And we can. Not only did this wonderful blood of Jesus, and we'll just talk a few moments about its overcoming power. Revelation 12, verse 10. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength 
and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ hath come. For the accuser of the brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. Oh, happy day. Oh, happy day. When the accuser of the brethren is going to be cast into that pit. I'm looking forward to that day. But Satan is called the accuser of the brethren. He's like the prosecuting attorney that day and night accuses of though they did this they did that why does he accuse day and night because the blood is crying out day and night mercy forgiven worthy righteous hallelujah and the devil tries to drown it out, but he cannot drown it out. The blood speaks louder than any of his lies, any of his accusations. The blood will forever say, they're redeemed. The blood will forever say, mercy, mercy, mercy. Oh, I'm thankful. Hallelujah. That the blood speaks The blood speaks to God. And it says this. Fulfillment of the covenant. Finished work of redemption. Mercy endures forever. The blood speaks to us as believers. And the blood says salvation, wholeness, victory is ours. Hallelujah. And the blood speaks to the devil when he comes to accuse. And the blood will speak. You're defeated. You've been destroyed. You've been whooped. I believe that we can talk good old Oklahoma talk in heaven. Whooped. You are whooped. You are defeated. You are doomed. Hallelujah. And we as believers, we need to speak our redemption. We need to speak the power in the blood of the lamb. We already said it in Exodus. They applied the blood with that branch. We apply the blood with the words of our mouth. In faith. Revelation. Back here to verse 11. Revelation 12, 11. And they overcame him. By the blood of the lamb. And by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to death. We cannot just think nice thoughts about the blood. Christianity is called the great confession. We get born again by believing in our heart and saying with our mouth. And the promises of God, every one of them, come to us the same way. And produce results in our life the same way. We get it in our heart by meditating on the word of God. And then we speak it out of our mouth. They overcame by the blood of the lamb. Faith in the blood. That's what we're talking about. But there is an and there. And what? The word, the word, the word of their testimony. Can anybody testify that God has been good to me? 
Can anybody testify that the word of God is working mightily in my life? Can anybody testify? I've been protected. Glory to God. I've been redeemed. I've been healed. I got the peace of God. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Hallelujah. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb. To overcome means you have come over something. Everybody sitting in here has faced things in your life. But I see you're still breathing. You have come over some stuff. Coming over some things makes you an overcomer. And that's why he says they overcame. By the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Testify about what the Lord has brought you through. Testify about what you have come over. Testify. I am an overcomer through him that loved me. Amen. Amen. Plead the blood of Jesus. When the enemy comes, plead the blood. The word plead. Some of you may have grown up like I did. My parents, they used to plead the blood around our farm, over the kids. In the name of Jesus, I plead the blood of Jesus. Plead is a legal term. You know, people go to court. The judge is going to say, do you plead guilty or do you plead innocent? Because of the blood, we plead innocent. Hallelujah. I'm innocent. Glory be to God. And I have faith in the power of the blood of Jesus to draw a bloodline around my family, around my possession. I was thinking about it today. That all of us, again, we have attacks that come, but we are overcomers. And I remember, I'm not sure how old John was. He wasn't driving yet. And uh, one particular morning, I'm driving the boys to school. And that day, you know, most days we spoke the word over him. But I do remember particularly that day, I had this on the inside of me to plead the blood. Like extra Plead the blood of Jesus, particularly over John. Well, he played sports and, you know, there was always opportunity for injuries, this, that, and the other. So in my thinking, I'm thinking that's probably what it was. But I did. I plead the blood of Jesus over them. Went to pick them up from school. And I think it was a Wednesday night, actually. We were getting ready to go to church. And we have a little park by our house. And back in the day, I don't know if any of you all have kids or our age. John's 40. But back in the day rollerblading was popular and he thought he was so good so he had these rollerblades and he had this little hockey stick that they would play with and he said i'm going to go down to the park and play a little bit rollerblade before you know time to go to church so he said okay so he goes heading down to the park well unbeknownst to us he's just like a block or so from our house and his car pulls up and these guys jump out And they jump him. They push him to the ground. They took his hockey stick. He had a Walkman. Oh, you know what a Walkmans are? (laughs) He had a Walkman on. He had a little ear, his little earbuds in. 
They stole his, they grabbed his walkman. I think he had a wallet too. They took his wallet. They grabbed his hockey stick and they were fixing to do him some bodily harm. They pushed him down on the ground. At that very moment, the owner of this home pulls up in the driveway. And guess what? This guy that pulled up in his driveway was a police officer. All right. And his daughter had something going on at her school and had forgot something. And at that very moment, when they were fixing to do John and bodily harm, off-duty police officer pulls up in his driveway. Of course, he stops it. They all run away. But because he was a police officer, he got their license plate, and it wasn't very, not very long at all. They caught these guys. It was some sort of gang initiation to go out in neighborhoods and beat somebody up. But they caught them. John's Walkman, John's wallet, everything was restored. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, it would have been great, you know, if it never happened, but the power in the blood of Jesus kept him from having any bodily harm. And not only that, restoration and sent this police officer home at the right minute, at the right time to stop this. Thank you, Lord. That's what happens when we plead the blood of Jesus. It's like an invisible force field all around us, all around our possessions, all around our children. So tonight we're going to end by we're going to be praying and we are going to do some pleading the blood of Jesus. And I just want to reiterate how important it is to speak the word and apply the blood. Pray the word. Say the word in faith. This came up in my heart today. In faith, we declare the word. In faith, we plead the blood of Jesus. Not in fear, not in panic. We have to do this in faith. If you do it in fear, if you do it just anxiously, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, don't let anything happen to him. Oh God, oh God, I'm so afraid, I'm so afraid. It's not going to work. That's right. Get in peace, get in faith. I saw this today. I believe the Lord directed this to me on somebody had put a little acrostic on faith. Listen to this F, forward, A, all, I, Issues to heaven. Forward all issues to heaven. What does that tell us? Faith and trust and confidence in Him is what gets results. We can't take the care. Let's all stand. We can't take the care. We can't take on worry. And concern. Oh, we thank you, Lord. <laughs> we trust. We trust in Him. Do you trust in Him? I trust in you, Lord, with all of my heart. Yes, that's exactly right, Caleb. Our hope is in you. Our trust and our confidence is in you alone. 
And it doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter what people may be doing around us. It doesn't even matter if you think they've made a big mess and they've really missed it. God is able to turn a mess into a message. Oh, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for your redeeming. You're redeeming and you're restoring power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.